This is an Eden special report. Now reporting. The very handsome Jewish man, Peter Rosenberg. Eden's at six. When the clock struck six, it meant one thing. From the ESPN New York News Desk, here's Rosenbaum or whatever that guy's name is. One of your show is number one. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to ENN. Ray Row. All right. I'd like to start off tonight, if I can, by saying good evening to Michael. We just let it get hard. What's that from? That's from earlier today. You talked. I understand, but what was I saying? Butter's poop. It's about. It's about poop. Oh, we just let it get hard, and we say good evening to myself. I'm a glizzy gobbler. Is that a name for a hot dog? That's right. I've never heard that. Yeah, glizzy. I don't know when glizzy became a thing, but it. it I I don't think it ever was a thing. I'd like to say good evening to myself. I want dog excrements over human vomit. Strong. And good evening to Chris Mad Dog Russo. Wow! How about that? What was that about? Stephen A. First take cut. We'll explain more. Oh, it's from the MJ conversation. Um. <clears throat> all right. Well, we just did hear from Brian Cashman. We, we just gave you a lot of it, so I don't want to stay with it for too long. But here's a quick little clip from the cash man. Thoughts on the season so far? It's been a disaster this season. And, yeah, it's definitely a shock. Certainly, uh, I don't think anybody on our side of the fence, from our player group, from our coaches, our manager, or even outside the organization, saw would have predicted this. That's true. I know there are a lot of fans out there, Peter, that said, we, we knew this was going to happen. No one in the know knew this was going to happen. No one. No one. If you had asked, let's say, all 29 other GMs, would they take the Yankee roster over their own? Coming into the season, I would say 20 20 of them would say, yeah, I'll trade. The Braves wouldn't. The Astros wouldn't. The Rangers wouldn't. Tampa Bay probably wouldn't. Baltimore wouldn't. I think any team in the Central would. Again, this is a a silly exercise, but my point is, that's why I say that you can make the argument that this team has quit. Because even with the injuries to the pitching and, and the people that they're running out there now, they're not this bad. They're not embarrassingly bad, and they're no, playing they're, embarrassingly bad. They're, okay, so I agree. They're not. Uh, Anthony, you're a Yankee fan. Tell me if you think I'm, I'm sure. correct. He's wearing a Yankee shirt too today. Right, he's a big fan. That's a real fan. They're not this bad. They're not ten game losing streak. A total embarrassment. Bad. But when I look at who they trot up out, who they trot out every day, I also don't think they're very good. Well, yeah. I mean, we've heard Michael say it. Over and over again, even though he, even though people think he defends the Yankees, he said that this is a lineup that's not going to score many runs and win you many games. What since middle of May? And June? although I think this kid has done a really nice job for a rookie, if you're batting Anthony Volpe fifth in your lineup, you know I, I talked to to O'Neill yesterday during a commercial. I said, 
Who batted fifth a lot of time in, in your lineup in the 90s? Tino Martinez. It's a big difference. And your entire offense from last night's on the bench today. Right. Because Ben Rortvet had your only hits and right. your only you, run. You know, if you don't have Rortvet, what are you in this league? But that just shows you, Peter, where, where they're at. So bad. God, I'm trying to think of when I really thought it would be over. You know what he was hitting? You know what he was hitting going into yesterday, Peter? No. Oh, 98. And yes, Isn't there a stat attached to that, Ant? Yeah, he's the only player in baseball history, and I don't know I don't know how, you know, there would ever be any other instance of this, that a player that hit under 100 heading into the game was two for two and provided the only hits for the team. So we're seeing history every night. With an exclamation point? No, no. Or a lot of question marks. A lot of question marks. It's... Can, can I go as far as saying it's not what you want? I think you can. Now, you just mentioned the Stephen A. thing, so let's let's get there and have a little fun. Uh, I guess it starts with this Steph Curry cut from Gilbert Arenas' podcast. Uh, Steph, are you the best point guard of all time? Are you the best point guard ever? Yes. I have, yes. Is me and Magic? Is that the conversation? Yeah. Uh, well... Here's Stephen A., who says he heard from someone about this subject. I have to read you a text that I received this morning at 5.54 a.m. Good morning, sir. Although greatest of anything is always a debate, I beg to differ on greatest point guard of all time with what you said. Magic Johnson is easily the best point guard of all time. Steph Curry is very close, but not in front of Magic. You must define point guard to really have a serious debate. Steph Curry is by far the best shooter of all time. Yes, his movement has created many shots for his teammates. He's a career 43% three-point shooter, but Magic Johnson invented the triple double not true invented but makes it more noticeable in terms of the impact on the game it's a point guard stat to be honest magic was the best we can go on but i don't want to take up too much of your time i know you get the point by the way magic has five nba championships wow that quote this morning at 5 45 was from mr michael jeffrey jordan wow how about that I, mean, I I would agree with Jordan, and you know I what love a, what a, I, lo- I love Curry. What a thoughtful message from MJ. He really went into detail, huh? Yeah, and he wasn't antagonistic. I mean, I think sometimes we have recency bias, and you know, Steph is the type of point guard we've never seen in our lives. Doesn't mean he's the best. I mean, Magic Johnson did things that they weren't done at that size. He was unbelievable. And probably got robbed of a couple of championships because he got AIDS. And had, a, and, and had to lead the league for a while. Uh, I think he was done. No, he came back and played. I know, but not well. It but was he was not done when he, when he had to shut it down. I mean, he had just lost... He had just lost to Jordan. Right? Yep. Pretty pretty handily. I don't know that they had any more in the tank at that point. But, I mean, listen, he's still got five championships. The fact that we all know this. Two things. One, we're all prisoners of the moment, and we know that. It's it's out of control. And all of us are kind of victim. I think all of us fall victim to it. The, the exposure of the, 
the exposure of the game and the exposure of everything thanks to social media really adds to the fact that like we're all such absolute creatures of this uh, just now is everything attitude then on top of that michael the way steph plays the game is so sexy you know he's a great player i just i always remember what ben gundy says comparison is the theft of joy i mean can't we just love them both but since you're asking who's the best i think magic was better you disagree no, I, I don't disagree. I, I think they're very different players. Um, I think of Magic being more of the ultimate point guard. I mean, listen, Steph throws a good pass. You ain't going to ever go on YouTube and find a highlight collection of Steph Curry passes like you would of Magic Johnson right now. And if you're young and you've never done it, and your dad is in the front seat right now nodding his head and talking about how great Magic Johnson is, and you're in the back seat going, yeah, right, listen to me, child. I encourage you, go on YouTube and type in Magic Johnson passing and go through a 10-minute highlight of Magic Johnson passes. So they're just very different, Michael. And I, and I feel like in this case, Magic being nearly 6'10 almost works against him because the kids love that Steph is so small. Well, I, and, I, and, that, the shooting, and, of course, the shooting is just ridiculous. That lends to another thing. Magic's a much better player than Steph. But since we're narrowing it to point guard, I mean, Magic played all five positions, played center when Kareem got hurt in the championship game and did great. So, I mean, he's a, he, we're not going to see many Magic Johnsons. We're seeing more of them because I think he opened up that door for people. Like, you know, Cal Ripken Jr. opened up the door for tall shortstops. Well, all of a sudden, guys that are 6'9", 6'10", can handle. Look at Kevin Durant. But I, I I believe Magic was a better point guard, and I don't I don't have a, a, a even the smallest problem at all with Steph thinking it's him. That's what makes these guys great. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country. There's no competition. Right now, get five dollars off any eight corner pizza with code Eight Save. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Speaking of Steph, uh, Clay Thompson was on Podcast P. What is that now? Which player's podcast? Paul George, I believe. Oh, the, the Paul... Oh, uh, the Paul George. Oh, podcast. I thought it was right. a urology uh, podcast. That's <laughs> yeah, the, the no, that's the P podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, here's Clay Thompson saying he would go through all his injuries again. You got to get a little lucky in this league. I've learned too. Like you got to get some breaks with injuries. I mean, Paul and I have been through it. Just lucky to still be going for five. Like when mm. I say that, I I, can't, I have no complaints. I'll do it all over again. Injuries and all. And I'm still together with the guys I came in with, with Steph and Dre, Andre and Steve is special. Damn, that hurt. Oh, when you snapped your shit. I had six surgeries. I don't got to show for it. You really inspired me. I was there when that happened, bro. You got rings to show for it. But I never had to carry a franchise like you, bro. Oh, I love it. Some love. I mean, he said that he'd go through it all because, because of, you know, where he is and where he started. But, I mean, if he had the chance to, like, 
have the same career and be on the same team and not go through that and not miss almost three years, there's no way he'd go through it again. That's brutal what he went through. Yeah, I, I, I hear what he's saying. I mean, listen, we're all, we're all grateful for the experiences that make us stronger and better. And bring us but, to this point. Because you know that if something, it's like the butterfly effect. If, if, one, if you made a right one day instead of a left, we wouldn't be here. But in the case of like an injury in basketball, is that the same thing? I mean, listen, it ended up landing with him getting another championship. Mm-hmm. And he was very honest, too, saying, you know, I, I didn't, he didn't drive that team. No. No, 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 no. He was not Clay Clay for that. I still think he would have been a nice piece for the Knicks to try to get somehow. Not the piece. And I understand he's going to start to fade here. But, Michael, if you look at the numbers, what Clay Thompson's still capable of, can you imagine how much that changes this team threat-wise with, with, with a shooter like that? All right, so let me ask you another question that's out there. All right. Would you want James Harden? No. If you're the I'm Knicks? Good. Nah. Okay. Not enough to do anything. You, you want to talk about changing this team. You want to get me excited. Let's talk Joel Embiid. If that's something that's possible... And you can move, you know, you move a couple pieces. You move, uh, I know, sorry, Knicks fans. You move an R.J. Barrett, an Emmanuel Quickly. Uh, or you many, go the other many way. Many first-rounders. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much you have to do here. But if, if you're able to keep the the core core of this team, and by that I mean the Villanova, Villanova and them boys, uh, Julius Randle and them Villanova boys. Nick and, and Nova. Bring, and you bring in Embiid, Michael. You're telling me that team in this East isn't isn't competing for the conference title? Absolutely, they're they're in it. They're, would we agree now that I think we're on the same page? They're not there yet, but can we say that they might be in the position now of being a really one like high level piece away? Yes, but they're not there. I no, mean, the Celtics are better. The um. The Heat the are better. Should be better. Milwaukee's better. And if if Harden is forced to play, I think Philadelphia's still better. Um, it's 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 going to be a fun season, though. I am looking forward to the old. Uh, Let's basketball. go to a game or two, like a double date. Me, uh, you, Jody, Miss Hatton. Can I join? I lo- well, yeah, I said a double date. Well, so yeah, of course you'd, of course she'd be invited to a date that she's on. Yeah, it's a reasonable question. I mean, not a reasonable question, I should say. You, you tweeted out a beautiful picture of her today. Oh, thank you. There's a lot of them. There's ten to be exact. Yeah, but the first one really got my eye. He's wearing glasses, sunglasses. You look beautiful. Mm, well, we aim to please. <laughs> you did. That was from. That was from our uh, post-wedding brunch. It wasn't That's from fun. Turks and Caicos because she wouldn't have had a smile. Yeah, listen, we had fun in Turks and Caicos. Not okay? as much as you thought. No, it was a bit. It was a bit much. Our week was a bit much. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and deny it. Uh, let's hear from Dan Graziano, who's on with Barton Hahn earlier, talking about the G-Men and how this Giants offense may look this year. 
They hope that Darren Waller is the matchup problem. Quite the wide receiver position still is they have a lot of guys that they like, but they don't know what they have yet. Brian Dayball comes from Buffalo where they throw it all over the yard, and he comes here to the Giants, and it's a running team last year. Why? Because that's the personnel they have. So Brian Dayball is the kind of coach who's going to assess what he has and build an offense around it. This is not an offense that's going to rely on the wide receivers yet. At Someday, he would like it to be. But right now, I think you look at Saquon Barkley and Darren Waller as the top two options in the Giants offense, and what happens with them will be built around it. And if somebody in a wide receiver role starts to play at a level that demands the ball, I think that person starts to get the ball. And I think that's the way Dayball looks at it. I've talked to him about all this and how they're building the program there and how they built it in Buffalo. Josh Allen was not a throw-it-around-the-yard guy right away. Once they had the receivers for him, he was. And I think once that happens for Daniel Jones, that's the idea. couple of things, Peter. Help me out here. I'm a big Graziano fan. He's buttoned up. He knows his stuff. His name is Brian Dable, Dan. Table, like a table? Yeah, that was Brian who told us. Like table, not dayball. And so many people that are football cognoscente call him dayball. It's dayball. Isn't it weird? It's so weird. This is a New York Giant head coach. And he told, we asked him on the introductory press conference day, how do you pronounce your name? Dable, like table. And I, I turn on NFL Live, I turn on NFL Network, and people keep Dayball. It's not Dayball. I love Dayball. It's like pickleball. Yes, but less strenuous. Now, I also have some good information for our listeners. Mm-hmm. Eli Manning joined us in the booth yesterday in the you third know, I, I, I heard about this. And Paul is a big fantasy football player. So when we were off the air, he said, help me out. Give me a guy that is going to help me win. Without skipping a beat, Manning said, take Waller. He's going to have a monster year. Oh, God, people in this Waller thing, they're out of control. They can't get over it. And I asked him on the air, Peter, is it odd to you how much Daniel Jones sounds like you? You did? Yeah. Okay. And? And he said, well, I mean, we're really close and we hang around with each other. I said, I'm close with Paul O'Neill. I don't sound like him. And he goes, well, it is what it is. But he didn't say like he noticed it or anything. But as he was sitting there, I, I, I could close my eyes and see Daniel Jones there. So it's, it's, to me, it's like... Uncan- it's spooky, I think. Yeah, uncanny's not enough. You've got to go to spooky. Yeah, you guys, I think spooky wins over uncanny. Yeah, I mean, spooky is definitely a notch up from uncanny, no? Oh, of course. Every day of the week. You know a baseball movie I'm halfway through right now that I've never seen? Sandlot. No, though I've never really seen that either. Um, you know what? I saw that about a month ago with Charlie for the first time. It's wonderful. It was good? Even as yeah. an adult, you enjoyed wait, it? Yeah, wait until you have a kid. All right, good. Because I won't care that much without a kid, right? No. Um, I started For the Love of the Game. And? I like it so far. I mean, it's not really... It's a baseball adjacent movie. It's, you know? it's a Costner vehicle. It's a Costner love story vehicle more than anything, but... Two things. I, I love the realism of the baseball scenes. Like I love when people do a sport. Uh, if you do a sports movie, do the extra work to make it actually feel like sports. Like the, make the commentary. I don't know if you know the uh, lead commentator for the love of the game. It's a guy named Vince Scully. No, there you go. Can you lose? And he's tremendous. Now the guy he has with him 
I was I didn't remember. And he's okay, but he sounds a lot more forced. See, the, the thing about Vin Scully is Vin Scully's style, the way he spoke, he had such a like per, this this old school professional sounding affect to his voice anyway, Michael. Right. That even like it's almost like he sounded like a movie broadcaster all the time. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do know what you're saying. So, so him in the movie sounds exactly like Vin Scully on any other day of the week. So, no, I, I am enjoying it, though. You know what? I, I think I enjoy Kevin Costner. I have not watched the, uh, whatchamacallit, vehicle. Which one? You know, his huge, oh, successful TV show. Yellowstone? Yeah. I, I've seen, like, four episodes of it. It's outstanding, but I, I, I don't know. Why'd you get to... But it wasn't enough to hold you. It wasn't, it wasn't enough no, to grab No, it wasn't, you. because uh, Jody got an invite to the season, the last season premiere, and they showed like two episodes. So we went, and it was it was tremendous. Great cast, the whole thing. And then I watched one other one, but I just don't have the mental bandwidth. I know. I, I got to start it again. We, we had one of those situations where we watched um, the first episode, and we were just kind of half in, half out. All right. You got to really be all in. Can I tell you one quick baseball movie story that made me smile? So, Charlie has MLB Network on all the time. So, one day in the afternoon, it's on the TV in the living room, and Pride of the Yankees comes on. So, he's kind of like in and out, because it's, I mean, it's kind of a heavy movie, obviously. You know, kind of a love story, baseball story, whatever. And they have a locker room scene. And Babe Ruth is in it. Now, Babe Ruth is almost like a mythical figure, right? And that's really Babe Ruth. And all I had to say to Charlie, I said, Charlie, that's really Babe Ruth. And he goes, no, no, it's a movie. It's an actor. I said, no, no, that's Babe Ruth playing Babe Ruth. And that locked him in like you wouldn't believe it. And you can't, I almost got chills. That That's really Babe Ruth playing Babe Ruth. It was so cool. That's a crazy thing that that even happened. Yeah, that he played himself. He could do it all, that babe. Yeah, he could. And did. God, what a man. A man's man. And to think about that the whole time. Meanwhile, between innings, he's sitting down having three or four glizzies. Hot dogs to others. You realize that, you realize that Michael, that if, if he was to do the uh, Would You Wednesday from earlier, right. w- would you eat two hot dogs every time you leave the house for $25 million? First of all, he wouldn't believe $25 million was a real number of money anybody could ever have. And second of all, he'd gladly eat two hot dogs every time he left the house. Guess what? He did it anyway. Glizzy. That's the babe. And that'll do it for ENN on this Wednesday, August 23rd. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.